0: storytellers are getting younger. (laughs) I was reading a story about a lady who bought a brand new piano for her daughter to take music lessons on. And a a few weeks later, she ran into one of her friends and one of her friends says, How's it going with with the piano and the music lessons? And the lady said, Well, I persuaded her to switch to clarinet. Her friend said clarinet? Why? Well, when you play the clarinet, you can't sing along. Right? And some of us feel that way, right? I don't I don't feel I don't sing so well. And when it comes to talking about music here in the church and singing, there's kind of two groups of people. Some of us would love to just sing the whole time. We'd like to sing for like 55 minutes and squeeze everything else into five minutes. And others of us, we just rather you gave us a clarinet. Right? Don't don't care that much for the singing. But you know, when we think of worship, and what happens in worship, um, we often think of worship being related to the singing, right? Because we have worship bands, we have worship teams, and we have worship pastors and worship leaders, and there's praise and worship music. And so we we tend to think of worship being music. But the truth is, worship is much more than that. Worship is anything that you do, that's in harmony with God's will and plan. When you are kind to somebody, that's an act of worship. When you are forgiving, that's an act of worship. Right? Anytime you do something in, in harmony with God's will and plan, that's an act of worship. And so as we think about our our worship service, the church service, the things we do are all worship. The greeting and greeting one another and acknowledging us being here in God's presence, that's an act of worship. Certainly the prayers are an act of worship. The singing is worship. The children's story is worship for the little people. You know, listening to a sermon, is is an act of worship. And contemplating on the scriptures and how does that apply to my life, that's an act of worship. Giving is an act of worship. This is all worship. But if I did a poll of everybody here, and I said, what is the most important part of worship? You know, just the one thing that's most important. What do you think most people would say? The sermon, I would say most people would probably say the sermon. I'm not so sure that's true. I'm the one preaching, and I'm telling you that. So, you know, um, I th- for me, I think the prayers are the most important part of worship service. That's when we're seeking God most earnestly. And for me personally, the second most important part is the singing, And you say, well, you're supposed to say that, you know, you're in the band. But it's not just that. Most of us don't arrive at church ready to worship. Right? Maybe there's the stress of getting the family ready and loaded in the car or traffic and that goober in front of you that just wouldn't get out of the way. Maybe it's the the stress of just life in general and, and what we're doing um, at work, something's on us. Uh, we feel stressed because somebody we love is sick. You know, life is full of stress. And and we don't always arrive at church ready to worship. And the music helps us get ready for worship. It helps us get ready for worship. And, um, you know, it's it's... Well, I have to cut how much I, I have a sermon that's this long, and we have this much time, so I'm I'm, I'm squeezing here. So um, if I say things that don't make sense, it's because I cut something out already. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the movie Wild Hogs from 2007, right? Guys get a midlife crisis, and they all get Harleys and go on a road trip, and they they stop somewhere. Um, in this little town, and there's going to be a a fair or something going on. And one of the guys has a crush on a local there in town, and he wants to ask her to this uh, event that's happening in this local fair, there's going to be a dance. And he said, but the problem is, I can't dance. Because the music moves me, but it moves me ugly. Right? It moves me ugly." And sometimes we feel that way about our singing. I can't sing, or I sing ugly. And we think that exempts us from God's command to sing. The Bible commands us to sing. It's not just, oh, by the way, if you have time, you should sing. It commands us to sing. Open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 19. This is the main verse of the day. Um, We're going to spend quite a bit of time in Psalms, but this is the the main verse of the day. Ephesians 5.19. Everybody there? It says, speak to one another with Psalms, hymns, and and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Speak to one another in songs, what else, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, we could spend a lot of time trying to identify what's a psalm, and what's a hymn, and what's a spiritual song, and what bucket do they go in. But I don't think that's what is meant here. I think what he means is all the spiritual songs that you got, whether they're Psalms or hymns, or, I don't care. See, Paul, brother Paul had never been to the south. And he hadn't learned all y'all. Right? Because there's a difference. You know, sometimes we say y'all, y'all are invited over, and all y'all are invited over. And it's different. You got to learn the difference there. I'm not going to tell you what the difference is today. That's for another sermon. But Paul hadn't learned the difference of all y'all, all the songs. I don't care whether it's a hymn or a praise song. I don't care whether it's a chorus. I don't care if it's called praise and worship. I don't care if you call it gospel. I don't care what you call it. If it's a spiritual song that sings about God, use that. Sing those. Who are we supposed to sing them to? Each other. Speak to each other with these songs. And the first thing that comes to mind is some goofy musical where everybody sings the whole time, right? Hi, honey, I'm home. How are you today? You know, it's goofy, right? Nobody sings all the time. I don't think that's what it means either. What it means is use these songs to help encourage each other. If somebody's going through something, maybe you can say, hey, this song is powerful. Right? The words to this song mean something. Listen to this. Okay? And then the second part of that is sing and make music in your heart to who? To the Lord right? So we're supposed to make music to each other with each other, and to the Lord. It's both ways. It's not just us. It's not just vertical. It's both. This is important. Okay. So we should use all types of songs. So um, I had about 27 points, and I had to cut it down to three. So here's three. And let's see if we can get through these. Number one, we sing for joy. We sing for joy. Turn with me to Psalms 23. I'm sorry, Psalms 32, 11. A little dyslexic there. Psalms 32, 11. And we're going to be in Psalms a lot here. It says, Rejoice in the Lord and be glad you righteous do what? Sing. sing. All you who are upright in heart. Now, remember, joy and happiness aren't the same thing. Happiness is something that happens to us due to external circumstances. I'm happy because Becky brought me a cookie today. Right? Or I'm happy because somebody Becky didn't bring me a cookie, by the way. So I'm just planting a seed for future Sabbaths. Um, You know, something nice happens to us. And we, we're happy. Somebody we, we know and love, says hi to us, asks us how we're doing. It makes us feel good. We're happy. They acknowledged us. Whatever. Okay. Joy comes from somewhere inside. It comes from God. I can be joyful in dark, troublesome times. I can't be happy in dark, troublesome times. Okay, so there's a difference there. So he's talking about, we sing for joy, we have joy. Um, Probably the most famous singer in the Bible is who? David, right? He had a a harp and he could sing and he could play, played for the king, wrote lots of Psalms that we have here in the Bible. and, And we all know him and he sang, and he grew up to be a man after God's own heart. Partially, not always, but partially because he had a song. Donald Husted once wrote, Somehow about 40% of churchgoers seem to have picked up the idea that singing in church is for singers. The truth is singing is for believers. And the relevant question is not, do you have a voice? But do you have a song? Do you have a song to sing? Right? If I put a painting up here from a master, right? A Rembrandt, a Van Gogh. I don't know where I stole this painting from to get it. But wherever, right, we got this beautiful painting from a master here. And over here, we had some artwork from a five year old. Which one is worth more? depends. (laughs) Uh, This one's probably worth more, right? The master might be worth millions. Which one's better? That might depend. Right? What if this like Gustavo said, what if this was your son's painting or your grandson's painting? Now, it has a different value, doesn't it? Right? Now it has a different value. This one might be objectively better. This one would be subjectively better. Right. And so you know, there's there's a reason that we sing. Because we love God, and the the joy that we have. Right. And let's be honest, None of us can sing as good as what's in heaven. Right? The best singer on the planet, whoever that is, can't sing as good as they sing in heaven. So whatever we have here on earth looks like the five year old painting instead of the masterpiece. God doesn't want us to sing because somehow he needs our praises. We're not going to unpack this this week. We're going to leave this for another week. But God doesn't need us to worship for him, right? God's a perfect God. He's complete. He doesn't need my worship. We must worship for a different reason besides the fact that God needs it. I'm going to let you think about that one for a while, okay? And singing is not just a declaration of our joy, but singing can make us joyful, right? Music affects your mood, right? Your playlist that you listen to when you go to the gym and work out, what kind of music is that? Upbeat, right? Let's get going. What kind of music is on your playlist when you want to relax and take a nap? (laughs) It's not that upbeat music, right? It makes you jittery. You won't go to sleep, right? We know that music can affect us, right? There's some been some studies on that real quick in 1998. They found out that music stimulates the auditory nerves and creates brain messages that ripple through the body, influencing muscle tone and joint flexibility. And as the music changed in tempo and volume, the heart acted as a natural pacemaker, and our breathing slowed up and speeds up, slows down or speeds up along with the music. And a study in Michigan found that 15 minutes of listening to music increases immune chemicals vital to fighting disease and reduces the stress hormones by 25% in just 15 minutes of listening to music. Another study in 2001 found that burn victims, I think burns are probably the worst thing that can happen to people burn victims were encouraged to sing while they changed their bandages, and they experienced less pain. Cancer patients who listened to music, or practiced with an instrument got better faster than those who didn't. Music affects us in so many ways. And it's not just physically, but it can be emotionally too. Right? If you've listened to any popular music here recently, you know that a lot of that music has questionable things in it. Right? Violence and promotes alcohol and drug use, immorality, there's all kinds of stuff in in some of the music on the radio these days, in all varieties. It's not just right, they all have it: country, rock, rap, it's all there. Okay. And we don't need a study to know that. But when we're singing, uplifting music, music that is about God is to God that praises God, what does that do for our souls? It uplifts us music affects us, it'll point us in that direction. Okay. But we need a song. So it's important to be Uh, listening to this kind of music, whether it's on the radio. There's two Christian radio stations in L.A. Um, If you've got an old school car like me that you can't hook your phone up to, um, there's two Christian music radio stations there. Uh, Of course, on your phone, Spotify, lots of Christian music you can listen to that will be uplifting and help you have a song. Number two, we sing to rejoice in the blessings God has given us. We sing to rejoice in the blessings God has given us. Let's turn to Psalms 105, verses 1 to 4. Psalms 105, verses 1 to 4. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done, sing to him sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice, look to the Lord and his strength, seek his face always. What are we supposed to do? Sing praises, seek the Lord. I've heard people argue about music that we sing in church. And should it be about God? Or should it be to God? Slight difference there, right? I could sing about somebody, or I could sing to somebody, right? We've heard songs like this on the radio, love songs, right? They're singing about the love of their life. They're singing about somebody. Or you could be singing to somebody, it's a special song, right? But this tells us we're supposed to do both. sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts, sing about him. Both of them have a place in our songs that we're supposed to do. We sing to God and we sing about God. Remember the story, we're not going to turn to it right now, but remember the story in Acts chapter 16, where Paul and Silas get arrested for preaching horrible crime and they get beaten and thrown in jail. You remember this story, right? What are they doing when they get thrown in jail? Singing. I don't know about you. But if I just got beaten and thrown in jail. I don't know that I'm going to be singing. Right? I'm gonna be over in the corner going, man, that hurt. I don't like that. Complaining, right? but they're singing. And and, uh, Acts 16 25 tells us is about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Now That's kind of funny, too, because, you know, if it was midnight, and somebody was keeping me up, you know, what might you be tempted to say? Be quiet, try to sleep. But they were listening. And then in verse 26, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And all at once the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. Did that happen because of their song? No, nobody can sing and cause an earthquake. (laughs) Okay, but their song ascended to heaven and enabled God to do these things, right? The music doesn't do it. God is the one that does it. Okay. But their faith is kind of like, the singing was like a faucet that they were able to turn on and receive a pipeline of God's power. God says to sing, not if you can sing, but sing. We don't know that Paul and Silas were great singers, right? They might have been really bad singers, especially after getting beaten, right? Uh, that could affect your voice. Okay. Last point, number three. We sing his praises. Okay, we sing his praises. Let's go to Psalms 149, 1 to 5. Psalms 149, 1 to 5. says, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker, let the people of Zion be glad in their king, let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and heart. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with salvation. Let the saints rejoice in this honor, and sing for joy on their beds. Now, there's a lot in here, right? We're supposed to sing in church in the assembly of the saints. We're supposed to sing in our beds. We're supposed to praise God or dance some tambourines and harps. The Lord takes delight in his people. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. But one thing that kind of strikes me about that verse more than any others, and we've talked about these silos of music, we have hymns, we have spiritual songs, and and praise songs and worship songs, and we we put all these songs. For those of you who are old, like me, you remember going to the music store, right? Who here remembers going to the music store? Oh, thank goodness, I'm not the only old one. Right? And all the songs were, were they were in categories, right? The rhythm and blues is over here and, and and rock is over there and country music's over there. It's all categorized somehow in this music store. And sometimes you had that band where you weren't sure if that was a country band or a folk band. <laughs> right? Where are they at? I don't I don't know how to find them. Okay. But we we, we categorize all this music. But there's another way to categorize this music besides its style. We can also cut this way. And we could say we have old songs, and new songs. Right? We, We have old songs and new songs. We like old songs and new songs. I remember the first time I was listening to the radio, and the songs that I grew up with and listened to in high school was on the oldie station. That's a horrible day in your life. All of a sudden, you know, who gave them permission to put my music on the oldie station? But we like old songs. They have value. Turn with me to Psalms 120 and tell me what are the first four words of that psalm? What are the first four words of Psalm 120? Before that... should say Psalm 120 and have a little text it says a Psalm of ascent. Sometimes it might say, uh, I think King James says a song of degrees. Yours said the Psalms of Jerusalem, ascent to Jerusalem. Okay, what does Psalm 121 say? Same thing. 122 123 One all the way up to like 134 or five there's 15 Psalms, I think there, that all start out with, it's a Psalm of ascent," And scholars believe that these songs were the songs that the Jews sang when they ascended up to Jerusalem, when it was time to go up to Jerusalem for the holy days, the festival days, they would sing these songs. And if you were a Jew, and you were working in the field, and you heard people go home by singing these songs, what did you know? It's time to go to Jerusalem. It's like Christmas music for us. Right? What do you know when you hear Christmas music? It's Christmas time. You know, unless you live with some goofball that plays Christmas music all year round. Hate those people. Christmas music's only for Christmas, right? Just kidding. If you, if you like Christmas music, it's all right. But you know, they had these songs and these old songs, and these old songs are familiar. They're mile markers for us. They remind us of things. And that's great and wonderful. But sometimes old songs have a problem. They're old. And they stop having the meaning they once did. We just sing them by rote. We don't, we don't have a feeling anymore of God's power, or His grace or whatever we're singing about. Because we have sang this song a 100 times. Right? You ever had that happen? We're gonna open the hymn or we're gonna sing this song. We're like, not again, please. You're listening to the radio. I can't don't play that song again. I'm changing the channel, right? We get tired of the songs. And so we also have new songs. And um, God tells us a lot of places to do this, we're gonna have time to look at all the verses, I put them there in your notes, we're just going to bang through them real quick here. Uh, Psalms 96, it cuts off on mine, you can see it. Psalms 96.1, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth. Psalms 144. I will sing a new song to you, O God, on the 10 string lyre, I will make music to you. Psalms 149, sing praise to the Lord, sing to the Lord, a what? A new song. His praise is in the assembly of the saints. He put a new song in my mouth, the hymn of praise to our God. And it's not just Psalms. Here's Revelation 5, 9. And they sang what? a new song, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and you and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. This one's kind of weird. I love time travel movies because you know, it always mess with your mind. Here's a prophecy that tells us we're going to sing a new song but tells us what the song is. So how's it new? because nobody has sung it yet. Nobody has sung that song yet in that situation. And it's going to be a new song we will sing. What's it going to sound like? Don't know. Don't know. But we look forward to a new song. Okay. And new songs help us why? Because, you know, the old songs get old, and then we have the new songs, and the new songs make us think about the words. They get us out of our comfort zone. They make us think differently and do something a a little different. We go to Lamentations 3.22 and 23, which is a book we hardly, hardly ever go to says his compassions never fail they are new every morning great is your faithfulness recognize that song Uh uh-huh but at one point that was a new song to somebody right that was a new song Great is your faithfulness. If God is not doing something new for you, then you can't have a new song. The question is not do you have a voice, but do you have a song? Do you have a song? We form a collective voice, and we make a joyful noise together. There was a lady that was quoted as saying, I don't have a great voice. But it's the voice God gave me. And I think he wants to hear it. Amen. Any church that lets me lead the music should know that uh, you don't have to have a great voice to sing. Because I'm not a great singer. All the other singers on the platform sing better than I do, and hide my imperfections. Okay, Pilar is up here grinning at me. But she, she's the one that I listen to and follow. So um, we have these these voices that we need, right? We need them all together. It's not just the people on the platform; it's the people in the pews. Because you take the music home to somebody else. Amen. I love it when I walk around the house sometimes, and I hear Linda. Linda's not a big singer, but she'll have her earbuds in and she's humming along with the music. I can hear her humming along with the music. And I know that she's happy. And she's enjoying that time and it makes me happy because she's happy. And I think when God sees us singing and praising, it makes him happy. the Same way. Amen. Reflections. Something to think about. Am I following the Bible's commands to worship together and to sing? That's a question we need to ask ourselves. Are we doing this? I know sometimes we can't always be here. We have travel, we have illnesses, things happen, that's okay. But by and large, are we trying to get together to worship and to sing? Then our challenge for this week is sing, hum, listen, whistle, whatever you do, you know, listen to more Christian music this week and make it a point of being at church during the musical worship time. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. For the music that we have, Lord, it makes our lives complete. The world would be just a horrible place without the music. Thank you for the gift of music that you've given us. Thank you that we can sing praises to you and we can honor you. And Lord, help us to find a song that we can honor you with. And that song may change from time to time, Lord, and that's okay. As you do new things in our lives, we need new songs to keep us moving forward while still remembering the old songs. Thank you for all that you do for us, God. Thank you for the music. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.